Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Men of Ann Arbor podcast brought to you by the good people at New Amendment. As always, I'm Stuart Douglas. With me is Nick Stauskas. We're going to switch it up a little bit this episode. We usually end with Word on Campus, but let's let's get right into Word on Campus. And that's because Word on Campus is we were on campus. We got to experience campus and late night campus. Nick, Sunday I about died. Luckily, I didn't have to drive home. Luckily, my dad drove home when my parents came up. But I was worthless on Sunday after our uh, Saturday night excursion, if you want how, to call it that. How far, how far is that drive back to Indiana for you? From Three and, from and a half. half. I think we made it in record time. So it wasn't the worst thing ever. Yeah. yeah, but there's nothing worse than being a little hungover in the car, you know? It's, it's absolutely the worst. And like sleeping like with my neck just cream to the side and i woke up slobbering all over my, it, was, it wasn't it wasn't fun you, you know what's yeah what stood out to me about the you know having all of us back in ann arbor this weekend was i mean you and i obviously we're together every week you know on this on this podcast talking michigan hoops but just the group in general this speaks to how close we were a lot of guys we haven't seen in years and it felt like we all just picked up right where we left off Oh yeah, uh, from 2013, from 2014. Um, so it, you know, I had I had such a fun weekend. It's not often that we get all these guys back in town, and um, especially to see a good game against Michigan State. I had a blast, and I re- I really do hope we could do it more often moving forward. That we can get that group back in town. It's hard. Everyone's we're all we're all old. We all have stuff going on between jobs, family. You know, some of these guys still still playing professionally, which makes it difficult, but. Um, I just think those weekends make it worth it. You know, just a quick 48 hour trip. You know, that's about yeah. all we can really handle together at this point. Anyways, like Vegas. We you don't want to be there that long. Yeah. So no, I had, I had a great time, man. I really did. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was so funny. It was Chelsea's first time on campus. I think your wife, Alex's as well. Yep. Um, or at least like getting that whole experience. And it was Friday night and we were hanging out. We were at the study hall lounge. It was like a player's cocktail. And then we all decided, because Rick's is right there, all right, let's go to Rick's. Okay, fine. Like, I looked at Chelsea. I'm like, we're doing one drink. Like, that's it. One drink at Rick's, and I am going to sleep because I want, like, a full Saturday. I'm trying to get in all campus on Saturday and, like, feel good. So we get there. I go to the bathroom. We walk down. Spike and his boy gets us in. And I come back from the bathroom, and I just see Chelsea with a big-ass grin on her face and just has – fireball shots being poured right in front of her. I'm like, are you joking right now? She's like, what? You said one drink, hand it to you, me, Spike, Blake, and her. And the cow's like, this is not, this is yeah. exactly what we came for, but it was not what I was expecting. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I didn't do that one because that, that <laughs> I was just not, I was, I was on the same page as you. I'm trying to function on Saturday and have a good day and enjoy the game and whatnot. But, um, yeah, even even Saturday night after the game, you know, we we all went out to eat afterwards, and um, you know, I told yeah. myself, oh, I'm just I'm gonna stay for one drink, have a bite to eat, and then head back to the hotel because you know we're yeah. flying home tomorrow. We just it's been a long weekend, just want to relax. And sure enough, we we found ourselves in the streets of Ann Arbor until three in the morning. So um, yeah, shut down Heidelberg. That's, that's basically. how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah, Chelsea's not gonna be happy. I'm gonna tell her that the next time she sees you, it's gonna be two shots. Like like a kid hey, like like a kid taking medicine. You're like, all right, show your tongue. That's gonna be that's gonna be hurting you. The uh, you know what? I'm gonna deflect some of it because the one guest we've had on this show this year, Spike. I saw him. He that with that shot. He 
he took the shot, spit it back into the cup, and then no. threw it in, and then threw it in the garbage. <laughs> calling, That's I'm worse. calling him out. No one else saw it. Me and so me and my wife Alex, we were watching him do it, and he made eye contact with us, and he saw that we saw him, and he just had no shame. He had no shame. He just threw it right out. Oh my god, that's good. I did. I had no idea. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give him a lot of crap later. Yeah, Chelsea's gonna love that. Blake, of course, just took it down because he's a monster, and he, mm-hmm. nothing stops him. But uh, yeah, we got to do it more often. The summer, we're working on something in the summer next fall for a football game. But it's we're at that point now where you got to schedule these things out months in advance. Like it's no more like yeah. boys' weekends off a random thought at at 1 a.m at a bar like for like the previous day so mm-hmm. it's fun man it, it definitely reinforces the fact that we need to keep doing it and just getting back to ann arbor and seeing the game when i was in the nosebleeds you guys got some good seats because you guys the, the 13 team was honored and even in the nosebleeds i was like yeah this is cool it was really cool but it was um it was interesting it was a little emotional for me at the start of the game i was like oh man i experienced a lot of ups and downs in this place. It was it was a little bizarre, to be honest with you, to be back there in a game and, like, the hype right before the tip. And I was like, oh, I remember this feeling very vividly. Yeah, yeah. It's it, uh, You have a little less butterflies and anxiety, you know, being in the stands and and not on the floor. But um, I got to say, you know, we've, we've been watching the games on TV, so obviously we haven't been there in person this year. But from the sound of it, that was the loudest the crowd has been all year long. And granted, it's Michigan State, so it's a big game. They The place was packed. But um, I just, you know, I look back at our time at Michigan and even your teams, and I just feel like it was always louder in there, always more fans. And maybe that's just in the moment when you're the one playing, you always feel like that. But um, I, I was I was excited for the team to pull through on a win where the fans were really invested and yeah. there was a great there was great energy in the crowd. But that ne- that energy hasn't necessarily been there all season. And you know some 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 of that's a product of the team not having the best year. But um, again, I was I was happy for them. That was a huge win for them. Yeah, I think I don't know who it was. Somebody on Twitter. It was two home games ago. Anyways, it was a game. It didn't sound very loud on TV, and the guy was like, "No, it was loud. I was there." So yeah. I'm wondering if it's like maybe a TV thing, but yeah, it was. Um, it you need that home court advantage. You need that hype, and the Michigan State def- definitely those games always deliver. So it was fun to see that, and then pull out a close game. I'm curious though, getting back to campus. Um, I didn't get to go to Skeeps. I really wanted to go to Skeeps, and I missed it. Rex yeah. would, would have done. I got my Zingermans though. I was happy. Did you have any place that like you had to hit up? Honestly, and you got no. didn't get to no. I didn't. So I wasn't even. I mean, I've had Zingerman's before, but it's not a. It's not a. A for sure thing for me when I go you back. Go then? I really, I really don't. To be yeah, honest, it was kind of sure. sad. It was kind of sad being back there and realizing that I was directionally challenged. Like I, <laughs> I, I would look around sometimes. I'd be like, I, I know this street, but I also I don't know where I'm going. I've seen these places before but i don't know where i'm going if i have yeah. to, if i if i don't have my phone to use my maps i don't know the direction we're supposed to go in so that was a little concerning for me but um all the food we had over the weekend was better than i remember it being 
when I was in Ann Arbor, but that's also maybe because the only place I'd really go to is Subway and Chipotle when I was, that's all I could really afford. That's what I was telling Chelsea. Yeah. It's like, we didn't eat anywhere good because it was like, yeah, I get free Mr. Spots and like pop bellies right next to my place. So it doesn't matter. And literally we passed by pop belly, like right by where Zach and I used to live and Josh. And I was like, that was my favorite restaurant. (laughs) And like, that's a sad thing, but like, that's a 21 year, 22 year old. That's what they're saying. I went to uh, Jolly Pumpkin and it's, it's, you know, pretty infamous in, in Ann Arbor. People go there a lot. And I it was like, man, I've never been here. It's crazy. I've never been here. I looked at the menu as a $19 burger. And I was like, oh, that's why. That's why. That's exactly why. Yeah, that's why. Also, you, I mean, it is 2023. We have we have high inflation rate right now. It's we got to factor different. some of that in. It yeah. wasn't like that in 2010, I don't no. think. No, so, not quite. No, but it was yeah. fun. I'm glad... Guys got their uh, Blake got his feta bread from Pizza House. He was a happy camper. Yeah, guys, it was uh really got to stomp up and down Main Street, which was fun. A little different experience for us than it was in college. So yeah, overall we got to do it again. Got to get back. Maybe we can even do like a live um, podcast episode. You know, we're trying to work on one in Chicago. I don't know if this is a secret for the Big Ten tournament. This network is, yeah. but you and me, maybe we should work on one of those one of these days in Ann Arbor. I think that'd be I think that'd be sweet. I think that we should probably do it earlier in the day before we, you know, really tune th- you know really tune things up. Yes. Also, let me say let me say one more thing about Word on Campus. Yeah. Um, being back there, especially at the game and being around the fans, it for me really hit home again that the most fun I've ever had playing basketball was on was at Michigan with that team, and the love that I felt from the fans just you know, walking down the street, um, you know, within the arena, you know, just going up to the concessions to get a water or whatever. And just person after person coming up to me and just saying like, Hey man, we really appreciate the work that you put in here. We love watching you play. Just yeah. hearing those things. I played on so many different teams professionally and it's just not like that in the NBA. I also maybe never had as much of an impact on an NBA team as I did when I was at Michigan. But for me, that's why, you know, it really was as sometimes emotional being there because uh, I mi- I miss that feeling. I miss that that sense of love um, and just kind of ride or die that you know that we felt from the Michigan fans. So um, shout out to all the Michigan fans out there. Go blue! Um, it was it was truly one of my favorite weekends I've had in a while. Being back there and and interacting with everyone and interacting with you guys as well. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, it's awesome. That's uh, again like it reinforces the fact that we need to get back. It's funny thinking about your college career, your, you know, it, it's such a, an emotional segment of your life. And then it's like over and you're like, okay, well, my basketball career keeps going. Well, no, that, that part of your basketball career is very singular and it dies. And it's a very weird thing to then revisit. Dies is a sort of a strong term there, but it, it is, it's a very singular moment. And it's very separate from everything else we've ever experienced in basketball pro or high school before that it's a really just unique situation so yeah reliving it has been fun but um yeah i'm excited to go back and we're, we'll definitely have to do a live segment but this basketball team was fun to watch they got a big win against michigan state they closed it out it was uh nerve-wracking to say the least but yeah. let's let's get into the x's and o's right now so I do this every pod. What, what was the final score? 72-62. Ah, so there we go. I remembered. I didn't even have to look. I'm not even looking. But nice. 72-62, but it was a close game, all game. I want to shout out 
us and maybe pat myself on the back directly, but I, I mentioned that it was going to be a guard battle. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be come down to the match. So Doug and Walker and um, Hogard and Kobe. And I think our guys won both those battles and it, it throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And especially uh, two things to stand out. One, the Kobe step back three at the end of the game, which was, that was a tough shot. And I, I had one of those angles on it where I was right behind the basket on on the line of the wing. And so when he shot it, I could it was one of those ones where you I could see it was going in right away. Like yeah. the trajectory, the arc and everything. And I stood, I got out of my seat right away. Probably the biggest shot of the game. Um, and shout out to Kobe, who's been playing some terrific basketball for him. But also Doug. I feel like Doug had one of his best games of the season statistically um and just starting the games the first seven points coming out strong hitting tough shots um it was one of his first first games he's played where he was from start to finish consistent uh with his effort and his play which is important for a young for a young guy like him who was who was struggle with that so uh you know you said that the guard play was huge and and kobe and doug definitely came up big for us yeah, shout out to Chelsea listening from the other room. Uh, she texted me to make sure that I knew it was 84-72, not 72-62. I got the 72 right, but 84-72. Um, yeah, Doug was awesome to start the game. Like, he brings that spark. It's a certain value, right? Like, it goes, I feel like, a little unheralded. But, like, those spurts can be very important for a game, right? Like, a game, basketball is a game of runs, okay? And that's, but he might not be consistent, but damn, that 7 0 run to start the game, that's huge. Yeah. It is huge. And, like, you see, you, know, you take the good with the bad. Um, but, yeah, he was super consistent all game. I think, yeah, four assists, 18, zero, four and four, zero turnovers. So, and that was the name of the game, right? Him and Kobe combined, Kobe had 17. Two assists, a couple turnovers, but those two were making a lot of things happen mm-hmm. and running the show. Jet and now I think Jet's in his third game now, not shooting out well at all. I think he's now yeah, what something yeah, just well below even I think twenty five percent from three. And co and and Hunter was like their second worst uh, efficiently offensively. So this is this is a huge testament to the other guys stepping up and all of them coming through efficiently wise on offense, maybe not shouldering the burden as much as like a Hunter Dickinson is, but they showed up when they needed to. And that was, you know, that wasn't happening 10 games ago. We said this all the time. And and I know this team has been frustrating, but it's fun to say this team wasn't doing this 10 games ago. Like that's exactly what you want to see. Is it going to result in a tournament experience? I don't know, but Mm. This is the kind of build that you've wanted. And it's, you know, you can't be too picky. It's better late than never, I think. Right. Right. And and along those same lines, Joey, Joey's been a guy that we've talked about a lot. Where Look. he, I mean, you, it's been noticeable his aggressiveness and confidence on the floor. Um, and he definitely he made some more big plays um yeah. against Michigan State. He had one little lefty finish that I was kind of liking. Looked like a young Stowski. Right there. I was real. I was proud of him, um, but and even even with him, I noticed throughout the game he had a couple bad misses. Like he he had a air ball from the wing. 
I think in the second half and he never wavered, you know, yeah. continued to shoot his shots when they were there, continued to get to the basket when people were closing out too hard on him. And then also Terrace. Terrace, in my opinion, that was one of his most impactful games of the year yeah. um, in terms of just being all over the place, rebounding. I think he had 10 rebounds, three blocks, two steals, eight points. Um, a huge game. He, the one thing I think he can work on this summer, I think sometimes – and because he's so much bigger than everyone, I think once he gets it down low, he has a tendency to a little to be a little bit of a black hole in terms of he's never he's not really trying to kick it out. And a lot of times there's two or three guys kind of collapsing, you know, whether it's a rebound or a loose ball, whatever it is. But yeah. those are the opportunities where you get that kick out three on an offensive rebound. And those are the backbreakers that a lot of the teams like go you know, in the NBA, like Golden State thrives on those kinds of situations. So um, for Terrace, I feel like that's a one that's one area of his game that he could really focus on in terms of developing. And it's not even really development; it's more just a mental note of sometimes you you don't have to go up with it every time underneath the basket. But yeah, um, man, he was he was fantastic that game. Some of the blocks he had, honestly, I I could see. I haven't watched him live, but seeing him in person, he's huge. Yeah. TV, he doesn't do it justice on TV. And I'm kind of sitting there looking at him block shots, seeing how athletic he is. And he's, I mean, he's a young kid. I'm I'm kind of thinking, man, does he have NBA potential down the road? Because a guy who can catch lobs, roll to the rim hard, block shots, but then also move his feet on the perimeter and, you know, perhaps stay in front of a perimeter defender, that that's highly valued in the NBA. And obviously it's, you know, I'm feel like I'm crazy for bringing that up because obviously he has, I mean, he's not so. there yet. I'm yeah. just saying that was the first game for me where I saw it live in person. I'm kind of, I'm like, ow, he, that, that was impressive. The athleticism and size, yeah. um, just seeing it live. I, I was definitely very, very impressed with them. Yeah. It's hard to get that feel for that on TV and you see it in person. It's a little different, mm-hmm. especially that up close. I, this kid was hitting threes and taking people off the dribble in high school. I know it's high school, but like he, has dribbled he has a skill set that he's not shown at michigan and he's going to have to develop that it's going to take even more time and you know unleashing that next year depending on what hunter does you know that will take more time but i mean he has it in him like mm-hmm. his free throw is his stroke is not a 25 percent free throw shooter right like no he, he finally shot better i think before this game he hit it i think he had hit nine of his last 10 so that was a good sign but like He's somebody down the road, I think, like, you're going to want to shoot threes or 15-footers. It's that feel, though, for him where I think he's so sped up. I think he's the most sped up guy mm-hmm. because he has a feel that he just hasn't unleashed because, you know, it happens to a lot of big men where you get the ball at, like, 10 feet and you're surrounded. And you also have quite a feel for, like, timing, like when a double is coming, when the help's coming. Can I shoot over both of these guys? Like, you know, you know all the time where you're driving to the basket and when you're comfortable in a game, like, you know which big guy's down there and where he's at on the court. And, like, right. you don't even have to look at it. You kind of know where he's at in the field. It's it's hard thing to ex- explain cerebrally, but, like, all right, that guy's, like, outside the paint. I can get there to the rim. I don't need to think about it too much. He's not quite there yet, even with his big frame and size. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's – that's why it's important for him to get all these minutes, make all these mistakes. But, man, he was – He's been an animal, dude. Like uh, defensively, I thought the beginning of the year he wasn't going to be able to move his feet at all anywhere, and he's been mm-hmm. active. He's got good hands. He's fouling too much because he's taking some chances. 
But like yeah. he's got it on both sides of the ball, some potential. And I think you're right. Like, I don't know if it's next year, but two, three years down the road, that NBA could be knocking. And like that's exactly what you need. It's what everyone is always um, you know, heralded beeline for. And I think Terrace and Kobe in particular, like those two guys are exactly the types of beeline guys, you know, mm-hmm. that Jawan can develop for four years. Yeah. And, and not to mention he's a guy that He's a major Camp San- Sanderson candidate. Yeah. Um, he has a great natural athleticism, it seems, already. And I feel like if he got a little bit leaner um, and spent some time with Sanderson, like a full summer with him committing to his body, I feel like that could make a huge impact as well. Because um, he – I mean, he I would, just the size of his legs. I didn't realize his legs were as big as they were. But seeing him up close, it was it, – you know, it's – Another guy reminds me of like DeAndre Jordan. You don't realize until you're up next to DeAndre Jordan, you're like, damn, he's like tree trunks for legs. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. But um, no, I was I was really impressed with him. Um, trying to think who I, I will I think Will, he sometimes looked, you know, a little out of space, out out of um, you know, out of his area up. of comfort and sped yeah. up in the first half, but the second half. He made a lot of he made a lot of important plays and and continued to play with confidence. He knocked down that three. He had you know a nice baseline drive. Um, I feel like everyone that was everyone that was playing in the game was really was making their impact felt. And the crazy thing of all of that is, um, I feel like they played better after Jet got hurt. And I again I for Jet he's been terrific this season. And I hope he it's, you know, with the ankle, I know he's had a couple issues with it this year. I don't think they've released any status on him moving forward, no, how long they expect yeah. him to be out. Wow. But watching that game, um, I, I, I don't know how you felt about this. I felt like the ball was starting to stick too much when he had it and the offense was getting super stagnant. And I felt like they played their best basketball in the second half after he sprained his ankle. Now, Again, he's been their most talented player all year long. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Oh, yeah, they're better without him," because that is just not that's just not the truth. But in this particular game against Michigan State, I felt like he needs to make some adjustments in terms of getting off. If he doesn't have anything right away when he catches, or yeah. if he can play off a closeout, there needs to be some form of, "Hey, if I don't have something right away, keep it moving, and I'll get another opportunity, you know, later in the offense." But when it gets stagnant like that, that's when they struggle a little bit, especially with Hunter sometimes kind of sitting there posting up, calling for the ball, or and clogging up the lane. It's it's tough. It's tough. So um, they need, you know, I think for him, he needs to figure that out. And he's like you said, he's he's struggling a little bit with his jumper lately. We've seen him knock down shots all year, but maybe it's a little bit of a, a freshman wall or just slump. Every shooter yeah. goes through it. Um, so well, hopefully he's hopefully main thing. Hopefully he's healthy and he'll be available, you know, to play moving forward. But I also think he needs to make a slight adjustment in terms of shot selection and, you know, ball movement. Yeah, and we talked about it last time where when talent executes, that's peak difficulty when guarding guys. Like, mm-hmm. And Michigan has that talent. It's not just a bunch of scrubs running the Princeton offense, getting backdoor cuts all the time. Like this is like talent. And when they execute and make lives on themselves easier, I think – Jet, you know, there's a there's an interesting dynamic there, right? When you are like the most talented guy and you have carried the team on your back for games like Iowa, like you've shown that capability. So it's like, all right, do it again. But 
that's not always the answer every game. And it's a hard thing to adjust on the fly. So you're like, all right, well, we're going to keep giving it to Jet. And it's like, well, he's in a slump. Like, let's let's work him through the offense a little more and execute. So much easier said than done. It's so much easier said than done. And when Jet catches the ball, I know in his mind he's thinking like, all right, I've done this. Like, I'm going to hold it and see my options. And, you know, he can make it easier on himself to then get work the ball, work the ball. This is why I love Steph. I love Steph all the time because of his mentality and – the one-on-one that you know the NBA is the one-on-one game. You see KD catch it and LeBron catch it, and it's like, all right, we're ISO in, and this is our offense, and it's going to be the whole game. And people have like literally bashed Steph for like he can't be in the top because he like comes off screens too much. Like this, these are dumbasses saying this, but like, people have said this stuff. Like he's not the same type of caliber. I'm like, because he plays basketball the best way for him. Like I don't understand it. He makes it easier on himself and his teammates. Like he has the. Anyways, I could go on and on about that, but the point is. That's like a work in progress. And I think that's been Michigan's number one hindrance offensively is not executing properly. Mm-hmm. And the biggest um, person who's felt that the most, I think, is Hunter. And I think he's not getting enough clean looks. And I don't think they've, they don't, I don't think they run enough through him uh, in the last two games, the Wisconsin game. I don't, they didn't post him up in this, enough in the second half. I, I don't think they post him up enough and post him up enough. Uh, regardless, in the last like week in that Michigan State game, I don't know. I just want to see them be able to dump it down to him, and he makes good decisions, but like execute, be quick with it. I still think he's the go-to guy, even with you know the top to bottom success that this team yeah. has seen offensively lately. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's hard because feeding the post. It's feeding the post when the other team is specifically trying to not let you feed that that one player or yeah. you know ready to send a double as soon as you feel there it it becomes not an easy post pass and so a lot of times they do get stagnant just kind of trying to force feed it but then at the same time I where I where I get upset about it is I just feel like they don't find they don't they're not able to find them in the pick and roll enough for some just quick paint touches where he might catch eight ten feet out on a roll and then you can let him make kind of make that decision. They don't find him on enough of those, and he's not a lob threat. So that you know, it's either you got to like hit him early, or you're not really going to hit him at all because yeah. that, that late pass most of the time it has to be a lob. If you know from right. the ball hand, they're coming downhill. Especially college. so that's that's the part where I feel like they've been missing it all year. And you know, Doug and Kobe they they've made great strides on the ball screen offense, but I feel like that's been more them scoring on their own than them making plays for Hunter. Um, so it's tough. The game is so pick and roll heavy that you would think they would have found more options out of it, or at least to get them kind of, you know, some easy looks here and there, but that's, that's where they've struggled to find them. And and I'll give Hunter credit. Like I think he, for the most part has a good attitude about it. Even when they miss, they do miss him on some, on some rolls and some post-ups. And I feel like he has a good attitude and when yeah. he catches it, it's not like, he definitely doesn't have the mindset of some people do, oh, they missed me two or three times. So when I get it next time, I'm shooting it no matter what. He is very much a willing passer. And even one of the pass, one of the cross-court passes he had to Joey in the second half uh, for a big three against Michigan State. Um it, I mean, it was a it was a bullet, you know, 30, 40 foot pass across court on the money, like in Joey's shooting pocket. Yeah. And he had two bodies, three bodies being thrown at him. And I was I was sitting there like, damn, that's 
that's an impressive pass. We, we've talked about it all year. He's a great passer. But again, just seeing that in person um, and seeing the willingness to create for teammates, even when he may not be getting the ball as much as he wants, it you know it speaks volumes about the kind of team guy that I think he is. Now, granted, I don't know Hunter, you know, personally, but that's just what I, you know, what I see from the situation. No, for sure. It's, I think he gets, it's easy for him to have a reputation that he might be like a a hole, you know, little brash and the net turns into him being maybe an a hole teammate. I don't see it very often, but I can see people like thinking that and like being more selfish. He's not, he's almost passes too much at times. Yeah, Um, I agree. He doesn't, he, he doesn't get upset when he doesn't get the ball. And if he does, it's rightfully so. Like, he's not saying anything crazy. He doesn't pout visibly. Now, there's always things you can you can kind of lose your attitude quietly. I've played with plenty of guys that have just given up, and you don't really – it's kind of more subtle. But it didn't seem like that this year. And, uh, you know, it's been back-to-back years of young teams that he's played with, having young teammates, and it's been – not the easiest teams to deal with. And when you're a big guy like that and you're getting double teamed all the time, it's just a tough situation, especially after your hot start, your freshman year. So I got to commend him for keeping going, keep going the way he is and playing unselfishly. I mean, he looks past first all the time and he knows that's coming. Um, so it's been, it's been fun to watch the, how he's dealt with it. I think that, it's still a work in progress because, but it, you know, you know, it's coming every game. I just wish they could execute a little more in sets. I, I think that with the ball screen stuff, they've been playing drop coverage a lot. And you see Doug, I think got a few mid range jumpers and Kobe's mm-hmm. been killing it in the mid range this year, at least in the second half. Um, so they're like, all right, we're going to give those up. Maybe teams will start, stop doing that as much if they're going to keep yeah. telling them on that, but they are, they're doing that drop coverage and it's hard to find Hunter on those roles unless it's just a completely naked side with Jet, which is I wish they would do a little more of. But um, I think you still got to be setting a lot more screens for Hunter mm-hmm. and stuff in the middle, stuff really posting them up in the middle and just like really executing sets. I don't think they have like a really great guard screener. And I always – that was my favorite thing to do. Nick, when I ever wanted an open shot, I'd say, all right, yeah. big man – Stay on their perimeter, I'll set you a back screen, and that's going to be a wide-open shot for me every time. I think that part is still, you know, a work in progress as compared to, like, the skill part of the game, like handling the basketball. I think they're starting to figure that out pretty well. Yeah. No, you – I mean, you – the screen, the screener action, it's – I feel like they they don't use that a lot. You know, if we and we've yeah. been talking about that. That's a good point you brought it up, but – um you know, especially some of the games where where Jet has been shooting well, that would be a good action for them to run is have Jet set the cross screen for Hunter so we can get an open post touch. And again, now that puts pressure on whoever is guarding Jet to, you know, bump and kind of be that buffer guy. Um, yeah. And now Jet's coming up off a screen and it's now you have your two best players, two most efficient players in their sweet spots. You have Jet getting a screen to pop out for three. Yep. And you have Hunter kind of coming towards the block for a layup. And so it's a good thing. That's a good point you brought up. I haven't, you know, really thought about that. But they again, they haven't really run any of those actions throughout the year. And um those are two two perfect candidates to run it. You know, I yep. actually think back to uh my time at Michigan. We my freshman year, we lost the Big Ten uh regular season title 
to Indiana at home to finish out the year. Um, a game where JMO famously, you know, tipped in a, or sorry, you know, took a layup to win the game and it, you know, rolled around the rim and came out. Yep. But a lot of people don't remember about that game was the possession before where Indiana scored to go up one or two or whatever it was. Um, Jordy Hulls came to set a cross screen for Cody Zeller. I was, I was guarding Jordy Hulls and being a freshman, I, all I had in my head was I cannot let Jordy Hulls score a three here to lose, you know, to, 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 to lose the big 10 championship. I can't be the guy that messes up. Yeah. So he sets the cross screen for Cody Zeller and you know, I stick with, I stick with Jordy Hulls. Don't bump. Don't give JMO any kind of help. And sure enough, Jordy Hulls set a mean screen on, on, jo- on Jordan Morgan, you know, because that's, that's the offense they ran and he probably did it a million times throughout his career. Yep. And sure enough, Cody Zeller comes off wide open, layup to win the big layup to win the Big Ten championship. And so I, you know, most people won't remember that, but we lost that game because of me on that specific action. And it goes to show you how tricky it is. It's honestly not that hard to guard, but people, especially freshmen, in game, you panic and you forget. Some you forget, oh, I'm as a defender, I'm supposed to bump and I'm supposed to, you oh, know, yeah. give my big man some help. And um, you know. I'm glad you brought that up. Maybe we can we can call in to, to Juwan and and have them start running some of that because I feel like that would be super effective for them. Yeah, they've had this interesting set where they started Hunter, let's say the left wing, and they've run kind of a double stagger back strain action all mm-hmm. the way to the opposite block. And it's not bad. It's just kind of long. And I think teams have sussed it out right away. Yeah, When you can get like quick bang, bang, like yeah. movement, 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 disguised as a, a guard to big screen, that's easier. But again, this is not always on Juwan. You got young guys that are still learning sets. They run good stuff. It's just easy when, you know, you know. This is what Beeline didn't like playing freshmen because they had to learn the offense and they had to learn all the sets. And if you didn't learn the sets and you weren't going to execute very well out there and you were going to telegraph everything you were doing, like it's not easy to throw a bunch of stuff at all these guys. So I thought they've done good with it, with the hands they've been dealt on both sides of it, but yeah, they could definitely work to get Hunter going more down there, but let's, I want to talk about it because it's going to, you're going to sort of see a lot of it next game. So let's um, look to future game. Let's talk some Michigan outlook for the tournament. Let's get into the scouting report. So Michigan has Rutgers, and I was watching Rutgers against Wisconsin. Not Wisconsin big man, he's seven foot tall, but they were sending the double every single time. And maybe Wisconsin's not the greatest shooting team ever. They're pretty up and down, but it's going to be more of the same thing. And I think there's going to be a key to them, but I, I don't want to see Michigan shy away from it. That's that's my number one thing. It's like you you can beat this team. Hunter's such a good player that you can beat a team. You don't have to shy away from their defensive game plan. You just outwork them you if you know exactly what they're going to do i feel like it's easier even if it is kind of trapping right like i feel like you get in a, a game plan you're like all right we know they're going to trap ball screens so we're not going to we're not going to run the ball screens very much it's like no 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 run the ball screens just use it against them because you already know what's coming it's all right it's easier if you know exactly what it's going to be so i want them to see more of it but the Rutgers big guy is pretty solid but they're, they're going to keep sending it um and that's going to be my keys i think i think Hunter's going to have to get the ball 
and be aggressive on both ends, but they're going to have to send, I think they sent the double from the top. So I think you might see a lot of Will Cheddar to start the game. Hopefully he dives to the basket or can hit that open three up top. But to me, that's going to be my, my number one key from the start there offensively, at least what, what do you, what are you expecting? What do you want to see from a Michigan offensively in this game against Rutgers? Well, one, I would if, if Jets healthy, I'd love to see him catch his groove back and and get back in rhythm because it's you know it's been uncharacteristic of him to kind of struggle the way he has been. So I'd love to see a bounce back game for him and also see that he's healthy. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, like we talked about Terrace, I feel like Terrace really made his impact felt that last game against Michigan State. Would love to see him kind of you know build some confidence off of that and continue to make that same impact yeah um and again if if jet's gonna be if jet's gonna be out everyone's got to step up a little bit i think kobe's you know kobe's really turned a corner we talked about him you know potentially being a, a pro prospect which i think more and more people are starting to think um and uh actually i want to say this too i talked to I talked to John Sanderson, the strength coach there, and this made me happy. You know, he, he gave a shout out to Kobe and was saying that he think you know, he thinks that Kobe's the hardest working guy on the team, really puts in his time in the gym. And I remember at the beginning of the year when Kobe was struggling a little bit and I called him out on this podcast and I said, man, I, if I'm him, I'm really, you know, I'm really spending my time in the gym right now and getting yeah. shots up every day so I can correct these things because we saw it. He was putting himself in great position and just not scoring game after game. And it was frustrating to watch. I'm sure it was frustrating for him. But to hear from the strength coach that, hey, this kid's serious. He's putting in the work every day. He's putting in the time. He's he's passionate about it. He loves the game. And then to also see the results come with that, yeah. um, you know, you got to be positive moving forward with him, um, especially if he's going to be coming back to school. So, like I said, I think he's turned a corner here. He's just – consecutive game after game um making his impact felt knocking down big shots uh, and again if jet's going to be out i think he's he's going to be the key guy from the perimeter um you know making plays knocking down shots put him in the ball screen and then you know continue to do his thing defensively too which i feel like he's made great strides in yeah i think it's going to be interesting they got mulcahy okay, at point guard i think he's like six six he averages like five assists a game nine points and then they got Cam Spencer shooting almost 43% from three at over 20 last game. Dude's got a funky little hitch in his shot. He's fun to watch shoot, actually. Um, very square shooter, but he, the kid kills it. I mean, he doesn't average too many points, but he can blow up at any point. So, again, that's going to be that guard matchup, I think, and likewise like it was in the Michigan State game. But I think you're going to put Kobe on to Mulcahy and bother him as much as possible in that ball screen from the backside. I I don't know if Michigan's going to run drop coverage, but at 6'6 six, six point guard, like Mulcahy's looking for passing, and Amori can throw down a lob. It's going to be interesting to see how Michigan defends them ball screen-wise because if I'm Rutgers, all I'm doing is putting Hunter in a ball screen. That's mm-hmm. it. If they post him up with Amori. Amori's fine. He, like He's capable of posting up, but that's not where you really want to attack Michigan the most. I mean, unless you think you can get Hunter in foul trouble early, and that spells trouble for Michigan, but – it's going to be attacking Michigan with the ball screen stuff. I think Rutgers does a good job of running stuff off ball. And Cam Spencer runs – he comes off ball. He comes off screens. I don't execute quite as frantic as Wisconsin does. It's not quite that fast. But if you put Doug on him, I think he can bother him. Cam doesn't really want to drive to the basket and put up mid-range. I don't think like 
you know, he'd still be bothered with like little Doug there sitting next to him while he's trying to dribble the basket. I don't think he would like that. So I think you can at least have Doug run around um, and chase him a little bit. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I am worried about that ball screen stuff. Drop coverage, I don't think is going to be best um, unless Mulcahy, unless you try it, Mulcahy just can't figure it out. But I think he's a veteran. He's tall. He's pass first, and they got a guy that can throw a lob. I think you got to hedge these ball screens a little bit. That's beautiful insight right there. That's better than I could have done, Stu, and that's probably why they pay you the big bucks. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see about that. I think we're still negotiating some things. But, uh, yeah, we got – the Rutgers game is going to be fun. I think again, it's going to be Rutgers is not special. If you play solid, they're going to they're not going super fast. If you play solid and execute your guard to guard switching, your you know help side defense off of uh, um, off ball action, I think you'll be fine. After that, you got the Rutger, the Wisconsin rematch um, at home on CBS two p.m. That's going to be a big game. Again, I think Wisconsin is not special. If you execute and don't give up a million offensive rebounds again and just kind of don't give up a million offensive rebounds and not as many layups. Like we got to be better switching um, guard to guard stuff where they where they Wisconsin will kill you as wall at the four man will post anybody up. So you really can't switch too much with the guards. But I think these are two very winnable games and I think they know exactly what the game plan is. There's no more questioning if they can beat these teams, it's just if they're going to execute the game plan. And I think they they haven't been more comfortable all year executing a game plan. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll um, you know, going back to the X's and O's, but also moving forward, I will say that against Michigan State, that was the first time that I felt in a close game down the stretch, they made the big plays and they controlled the pace, they controlled the tempo, and you yeah. know they finally won a close game because it all year long it has felt like anytime it's anyone's ball game late, they kind of crumble. And whether it's you know bad execution, missed shots, turnovers, whatever it is, they they always kind of seem to give um, give the game away. And yeah. Michigan State was the first time where I really felt they they made a jump in that area with the late game execution. And, and to be honest, it's not even late game execution. Sometimes it's just, you got to make shots when they matter. And that's all, sometimes that's all basketball is. And they were able to do that against Michigan state. Whereas against Wisconsin, you know, before Michigan state, I felt like at the end of the game, they struggled. I think they were, um, they were two, two of 11 to finish um, that game from the field. They're missing free throws. There's turnovers. <laughs> yeah. There's bad execution. And so moving forward, you know, when you're, Going up against Wisconsin again, that's I'm imagine it's probably going to be a close game. I don't see Michigan blowing them out, and so that that late game execution, playing with confidence and swagger, is going to be important. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting to see. We could spend more time kind of BSing about Michigan's outlook for the tournament, but it's win. Like you got to win. The bubble is not strong, and if you can win no. the rest of these games, or at least get. Four more wins out of the five, I think it is. One, two. Yeah, four, and then one in the tournament. You're looking pretty good. I mean, Kempom has Michigan at 49. I think in net, they're in the 60s. So they're getting better analytically, I think, for the um, committee. But they still need some marquee wins, and they're going to have to win out. That's it. There's not much to really say about it. I, I, I still think... 
even if they win out, I still think the I still think the Big Ten tournament's their best shot at making the NCAA tournament. Just because yeah. there's just been too many. I mean, we've talked about there's just been too many of these. Oh, we were close, but not yeah. you know. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, my guy. That's, that's what it. they say. That is it. So yeah, we'll see. They went out. That's it. Just win games. But I am. I want to keep seeing them get better. Uh, we've seen it, so who knows? It's hopeful. Title. Yeah, we're hopeful. Are we going? Are we going glass half full? I mean, I don't even know where the glass is now. I, I, I've chucked I think the we drank glass. The, we drank the glass. That's what happened. We drank the, the glass. Way, yeah, we drank weekend. it. We drank the glass, and I got a shot glass half full ready to go for whenever I need it. It goes both ways there, but yeah, I, the the glass has been chucked out of the car on the ride home from Ann Arbor. I didn't even want to look at it, and yeah, that's what we're doing. We're just going to support them. And we'll keep going and we'll see what happens. But uh, must wins. Yeah, you, you'll come back to us next week and we could be just really down in the dumps. But I'm, I'm feeling good about this team still. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm positive. I'm enjoying our time talking Michigan hoops. They're giving us – they're always giving us that little the little, yeah. little bit of hope. They sprinkle yep. it in there. Just when you start losing hope, they sprinkle it in to keep us coming back for more. So it's all, <laughs> all we can you ask need. for. It's like golf, man. All you need is that one good shot to bring you back the next time. And that's all I do. I, I hit one good shot per round. And then you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I can keep doing yeah. this. I'll get better. All right. We'll be back next week. Uh, Rutgers, Wisconsin coming up. We'll be back. Talk more Michigan basketball. Hopefully we get some wins. But we appreciate you guys. As always, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Beyond the Big Ten. That is Beyond the Big Ten. Ten is one zero. Um, check us out. Please rate us and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Make the comments on YouTube. Um, send us your questions on Twitter or on Instagram. Either way, we're really trying to build something here. And it's been been a good experience. So we really appreciate all you guys listening. Until next week, see you later. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.